Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. I've been talking about manifesting, and I have a course coming up, a program, a group program, not necessarily a course, it's a group coaching program. Let's get it straight, Daniel. (laughs) July 5th is when it kicks off. It's an aspect or a part of the Nexus membership, my ongoing program, but I I am going to allow you to just sign up for the group coaching. If you don't want the year commitment, if you don't want the year of support that goes with the five weeks, you can get happily involved for an investment, just a one-time investment. To find out what that is, you can go to yesdaniel.com and click the link. And depending on when you listen to this, you might be listening sometime in the future, not necessarily be here in the 1st of July, 2023. You can still check it out. The program still could be available just in a different form or delivered in a different way. I don't know. All I know is on July 5th, right now, today, we're going to kick it off. And then go for five weeks. And those people that are in the membership program will get continued support throughout the year. But back to the original topic of this episode, like I said, I've been talking about manifesting. And somebody asked me, all this sounds good and well. But my life, let me just qualify this before I go forward, because I'm generally PG rated. I don't cuss very much. I don't swear. But this episode is going to be explicit. I'll be real with you. And I'm not going to monitor, I'm not going to uh, censor what comes out of my mouth. And so you've been forewarned. Well, why would I do this? Why all of a sudden am I going to be explicit in this? Well, if your life is fucked up, then hearing someone say, hey, your life is fucked up, you've created a real mess here, that seems more real. That seems more, uh, I guess, in alignment with what your reality is. And so I'm not going to hold back. I'll let you know, because I've been in those situations where it has felt like, at one time or another, my life is really fucked up. Like, it's a mess. I have more debts, more broken commitments, uh, things just aren't working. And you're sitting there wondering, what the hell's going on? Just what have I done with my life? It is those moments that I want to talk about today. It's those moments that I want to address in this episode. And it's all relative. What may be messed up to you may be a walk in a park for somebody else. Your level of discomfort may be completely different than somebody else's. Maybe, just maybe, your entire life is a mess and you find yourself with nothing really to look forward to. We're going to address that today. No matter where you are at the level of messed upness, we're going to address it. We'll make our best attempt to lead you out of it. What I'm going to share with you today isn't just theory. They are the things that I've done and things I've said to myself to shift my mind, to shift my energy. And so it's grounded in the trenches. It's not not some airy-fairy idea or airy-fairy theory. I guess I I need to qualify that. I say airy-fairy because a lot of what we talk about, we talk about love, we talk about energy, we talk about vibration. To some people, depending on your circumstances, that conversation could feel like airy-fairy, like it's not grounded in quote-unquote reality. It's not 
grounded in the physical world. Well, that's true, but it doesn't make it any less relevant. It's true in the sense of the 3D physical world. It sounds airy-fairy, but when you consider it in the realm of the 4D and the five-dimensional thinking in the etheric, we create in thought first and then manifest into physicality. And so in this conversation, when we focus on love, when we focus on how you feel, when we focus on the energy that you bring to a situation, we're operating from the outside in. We're operating in the etheric, in the fifth dimension, and it will manifest in physicality. I'm going to pause just for a second because I realized I said from the outside in. Now, I'm referencing an internal map of consciousness in the outer edges of consciousness we create from the outside in. But in our experience, it's from the inside out. We do the inner work first to express out in physicality. But in dimensional consciousness, I'm thinking about outer reaches of consciousness, more in the etheric, less physical, all thought, it's from the outside in. So hopefully I didn't confuse that too much. But when I said outside in, it's, it leans more towards my own internal representation of consciousness. And I do have a video about my model of consciousness inside the membership. In fact, you can actually find it inside the Facebook group. And this is where I need to acknowledge, in your physical experience, it is all too real. You're present to what's going on in your life right now. And to talk about five-dimensional thinking or thinking about the etheric and, and manifesting in thought first, it seems a little bit out of your reach at the moment. But we'll get around to it that that is actually where you need to be in order to shift this faster than you can imagine. And so... That's why I'm going to be a little bit more explicit today than I have been in the past or probably will be in the future. Now, by and large, I don't swear. My father taught me that profanity is the feeble efforts of a frustrated mind to express itself forcibly. And I took that to heart, so I just figured I would learn many more words than I could use in different situations. But I have to admit that there are times when a good swear word is exactly what is needed. Needed because it adds emphasis, it is poignant, it is to the point, and people get it. They get the visceral energy of it. So what follows is a prescription. It's a step-by-step process that I've used for myself to get out of different messes in my life. And so the first step is acknowledging This shit is fucked up. Like, this doesn't work. I don't like this anymore. I don't want this anymore. And at the moment, I don't see my way out of it. It just feels too big, too overwhelming for me to wrap my head around, for me to actually feel like I can do anything to shift it. It's oppressive. This is the phase of acknowledgement. You acknowledge where you are. Most of you have heard at one point or another, the truth will set you free. And so once you acknowledge the truth, you can handle it. Most people take an ostrich approach where they stick their head in the sand and they try not to pay attention. They ignore it. They ignore the creditors. They ignore the commitments that they're letting fall through. They ignore the broken promises thinking that if they take the spiritual bypass, if they just elevate their vibration, if they just pretend that they're above it all, that it will go away. Well, to a certain extent, that may be true, but 
that which you do not attend to, that which you tend to ignore or push aside, you cannot not think about it. And so even though it doesn't feel like we're thinking about it, we pushed it aside, it's still there. It's playing in the background and it will create more of the same. Just because we're not consciously thinking of it energetically, it's still in our space. We haven't acknowledged it. We haven't released it yet. And so it plays in the background like a tune that you can't get out of your head. And so the first step in letting anything go, in handling anything, is acknowledging the state of the matter. Now, it's important when you take an assessment of where you currently are, kind of getting your bearings where are you currently starting from, you not catastrophize. You not make it worse or embellish on the fact like you're a horrible person or you're just a fuck up or you're just like totally stupid. No, you just acknowledge the matter. I owe X number of dollars on 10 credit cards. And I only bring in $2,000 a month and $2,500 goes out the door. These numbers are all relative and it doesn't matter how much we're talking about. It's just more is going out than is coming in. We acknowledge that. Oh, that's, that's a potential problem. But you don't want to blame yourself. You don't want to really get connected to the oppressiveness of it. You just want to acknowledge it. While we're not blaming ourselves, talking about how stupid we are, how ignorant we are, how what a fuck up we are, like I said, we do acknowledge our responsibility in the matter that this, whatever's created, is a result of our thinking, our behavior, and the choices that we've made up till now. You can think of it this way. If you feel that you're overweight, and when you look in the mirror, you say to yourself, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm way too much, I have too many, too many pounds to carry around, I am fat. In that declaration, looking in the mirror, you can be nothing else than fat. There's nowhere to go, There's, because you are what you are. In that moment, you've made a declaration of who you are and how you are. There's nowhere to go. And so what we want to do is this. We want to state the facts of the matter. Let's say I weigh 230 pounds. My ideal weight is 190. I'm carrying an excess of 40 pounds. If I did my math right, can't even remember what I said I originally weighed because I made it up. But you get the point. Where are you starting from? Where's the ideal? It's the GPS example. You take an assessment of where are you right now, put in the coordinates of where you want to end up, and then you plot a route between where you are and where you want to go. And then it's just a matter of following step by step, turn by turn. And just like the GPS example, there's no emotional involvement with Magellan or your, your GPS. It just, where are you heading? Where are you starting? This is the route. If you deviate from your route, it doesn't get all freaked out. It doesn't call you a moron. It doesn't say that you don't know how to follow directions. It says take, take the next legal U-turn and then turn around, head back, you know, get back on the route. If you ignore that, ignore the next one, it will ask you, do you still want to go to this destination? And if you say yes, it'll say recalculating route. That's the way it works. You don't need the emotional involvement when you're extracting yourself from a mess. And this would be a good point to say this mess in the acknowledgement of it, you created. For whatever reason, 
whatever belief you held, whatever story you were telling, created the mess that you currently are experiencing. But that is a creation from the past. Your point of power is now. And so in that acknowledgement, we just state where we are right now. And then we get to figure out where do we want to end up. I have one more metaphor that I want to lay on you here, and that is when you consider yourself lost. A lot of people say, I feel lost. I feel stuck in life. And this may be a feeling that you're, you're experiencing right now if, if you find yourself in this mess. The moment we declare ourselves lost is just like if we declare ourselves fat. There's nowhere to go from there because you are lost. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to be other than lost. And I referred before to Daniel Boone, who once said, I ain't never been lost, but I was once bewildered for about three days. When I was a kid, that just tickled me to death. I ain't never been lost, but I was once bewildered for about three days. Meaning that he was always going somewhere. He just didn't know exactly where he was at the moment in relationship to where he wanted to end up. And so he was a little bewildered. But he never declared himself lost. There's a lot of power in that. This is why I referenced in the podcast episode yesterday that I never refer to myself as being depressed. I never use that term as a state of being. Because once you declare yourself depressed, there's nowhere to go from there, really. You're just in that being. Sometimes I'll say, I'm in a mood. And to me, that's a transitory experience. And so I know it will shift. I know it will move. But the moment we label it, the moment we label our situation, the moment we label our circumstances, then that's, that's the description that we're stuck with in the moment. We, then we have to take extra mental energy in order to shift it in a new direction. Why even go there? Just say, this is the state. These are just the facts. This is where I want to go. I'm curious, how do I get from here to there? And more than likely, you're not going to know. You're not going to know immediately, because if you did know, you probably wouldn't be in the situation to begin with. The next step after you acknowledge the situation is containment. You may have heard at one point or another somewhere in the podcast that in a previous life or previous previous expression in this life, I was a spill cleanup specialist, hazmat specialist. And so when we first arrive on the scene, we want to contain spread. We don't, want to, we don't want it to get any worse than it currently is. But I, I should say before this, we suited up, I got the mask on, and I protected myself. But the very first goal after that is we want to contain the situation. If it's a spill, we want to put down an absorbent, something or whatever to mitigate the spread of it. If it's fumes, if it's toxic fumes, we want to air it out. We want to ventilate the system. We'll get people far away. We want to contain the hazard. Another way of thinking of this is first aid. If someone's bleeding, if you're bleeding, if you're bleeding money, you want to perform triage. You want to stop the hemorrhaging, stop the bleeding, because once you stop the bleeding, then you can begin working the first aid. But if you're leaking money all over, if you're broken promises all over. We need to start containing that, stopping the flow, stopping the leak. And so what does that look like? In the realm of money, if more money is going out, you start eliminating any costs, any unnecessary costs that are there, eliminating them. Drop the cable TV. Stop buying clothes. Stop eating out. 
consider a rideshare program or mass transportation. Maybe you don't need a car. Maybe you can share a car. I don't know your exact situation, so you can take an assessment. What are necessary and what are luxury or add-on expenses? You might say, I need the internet, so I need internet service. But you do you actually have to pay for it? Or can you go to a local coffee shop and borrow it? Tap into the Wi-Fi, go to the local library, use the computers there, use a, a meeting room to work out of. There's lots of options you can consider once you start getting creative. Many things that we think we need, we don't actually need. They're available all over the place if we just open our eyes. This is, by and large, tapping into your abundance, the abundance of the universe all around you. So let's say that you've done what you've done. You've cut the cost where you can, or let's say that there are no costs to cut. I kind of already bare bones. Then the next step is to get related to and honor your word, the promises that you've made, both spoken and unspoken. This is where you want to call your creditors one by one and just bring them up to speed. Say, you know, this is the state of affairs for me at the moment. I still want to pay. I still want to be a good customer. I'm going to pay back this debt, but I just can't do it in the in the way that it's currently set up. What can we structure if we can structure any way that could, I guess, lessen the load on me, lessen the demand if the short term And if the person you talk to can't do anything for you, ask, is there a supervisor or a manager, somebody else that I can talk to that might be able to help me out in this situation? And so you just keep asking until you hear no and no and no again. And until you ask, you really don't know what can be done. Many times, many times they will work with you to alleviate some of the pressure, lower payments, no interest payments. But in this process, we're honoring our word. When we opened up the account, when we told them that we would pay for it, we would pay them later. Give me the money now. Let me buy the the item and I will pay you later. Then you just honor that agreement. Honor your word. There's a lot of power in your esteem. Raising your esteem when you honor your word. Now, if it's gone to collections, if there's a third party involved, there's a different way around this. I would not make an agreement with them. There's plenty of YouTube videos that talk about credit repair and working with creditors or not working with creditors and actually validating this debt. And I'm not going to get into that now. I suggest you search it out. If this is your circumstance, search it out on YouTube or other places on the web. Just beware of credit repair services because they tend to be vultures taking advantage of your weakness in this situation. And that's not all of them, but you need to be discerning as you move forward in this area if this is an area of concern. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. In the vein of honoring your word, you also want to maintain your promises to your loved ones, to your spouse, to other family members, other people that you've made promises to that you may or may not keep. And you just acknowledge, you know, I made this promise. I'm not going to be able to fulfill on it in the way that I originally intended I do want to follow through on it. This is the circumstances. This is my new promise to you. And this is you honoring your word. Even though there's a broken promise there, you can repair it by acknowledging that you broke the promise and then recommitting to how you're going to be in this relationship or be in this agreement with them moving forward. 
This process is so powerful in honoring your word. When you can look yourself in the mirror and you know yourself not to be a liar, that your word is your bond and you honor your word, if you promise, if you say you're going to move forward, if you say that you're going to show up, then show up. If you're not showing up, then acknowledge the fact that you're not showing up. Everybody knows, everybody knows, but you have the integrity of showing up and saying, I didn't show up in the way that I said I would. In honoring your word as if it means something, that raises your self-esteem. It raises your vibration. At this point in our conversation, we need to acknowledge where you are, the state of affairs. The milk has been spilt. There's no reason or no valid reason to cry over spilt milk. You just clean it up and you pour yourself another glass. This is where we begin focusing on only the things that we can control. There are many, many things that are outside our control and we don't actually bother with those. We don't spend any energy on those. If it's not within our control to do something about, we release it. We let it go. There's a lot less stress in that because a lot of times there's because a lot of times there's things that we think we can control, but we can't, but we think we can, and that causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Then there are things that we can control, but we don't. This is where you have the hemorrhaging and you honor your word. That causes a lot of stress. When there are things that we can control, but we don't, we let them slide. That causes stress and it, it erodes in our self-esteem, our positive self-regard. But there are things that we can control, and we do. That is the only realm that you have control over. And so when you begin focusing on those things that you can control, those things that you can bring into your control, that you can actually leverage and create some changes with, then you're operating in your realm of power. I remember hearing a story from Charles Givens. He's multimillionaire in the insurance industry, but he had a business that went bankrupt and he knew it was going bankrupt. He knew that creditors, creditors were going to be knocking, that he wasn't going to have any access to funds. So rather than cry over the spilt milk, he went out and leased a new Cadillac. The biggest one they had, the Sedan de Ville at the time, he leased a Cadillac. He knew that he had 45 days from the date of the leasing until the first payment was due. That gave him 45 days to start bringing in money. This is where you start thinking you never have a money problem, you have an idea problem. And the way you start unleashing your ideas is you get present to your power. What can I control? What can I control in this situation? And this is where I've talked about before that sometimes when the shit's hitting the fan, you think you need to run for cover. Many times, the thing to do is to sit down and meditate. Go for a walk. Get a change of scene. Do something different. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on solving the problem. Just relax. Put your mind somewhere else. And open yourself up to receive inspiration. Now I say this full well knowing there are things that you probably have to do. There's necessity, things that you have to take care of. But as soon as you can, as soon as you can take a breath, you exhale. A long exhalation. 
you shift your mind to relax, to release the situation, release the things you cannot control, release the things, the, the promises that are going unfulfilled at that moment, and just focus on the present moment. And right now, in this moment, you have ultimate power. And this is where I'll start sharing some of the things that I've run through my head. This too shall pass. This is not forever. Things can change on a dime. In this moment, right now, I'm okay. I have a roof over my head. I I have something in my belly. Maybe I'm a little hungry. I don't know where my next meal is. But that's the next moment. Right now, I'm okay. I'm not that bad off. From here, I can move forward. From here, I can expand. From here, there's more possible. It's never a money problem. It's always an idea problem. You see, when we can creatively apply our mind, creatively apply our energy, that can unleash all possibility. At this moment, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this. I have no idea. I'm turning it over to the universe. And I'm going to wait for inspiration. Now, what's important here is that we not wait expectantly. We try to get our mind to go vacant, to just go somewhere else. And we open up to receive. We release the expectation that we're going to receive something. We just open up the door and we let what flies in fly in. But when we sit down and meditate, expecting an answer, needing an answer, we push it away. And if we do receive something, it doesn't have the same quality. It doesn't come from source. It usually comes up from our fear, comes up from our ego. It's not aligned with source. It's not going to lead us somewhere magnificent. But I have to tell you, when you're going through this, you need these moments to reflect. You need these moments to get quiet. You need the long walks. You need the naps. You need the shower, the bath. You need the time to meditate. Listen to music. During this time, it's also helpful, so beneficial to begin counting your blessings, the blessings that you currently have. And you have them, even though it seems like you don't. You have your mind. You have your capabilities. You have time, more than likely. And it's been in those moments where it felt like I was going to lose it all or potentially lost it all. In my mind, I just said, I'll begin again and again. I declare myself as being unstoppable. When life knocks me down, I'll get up every damn time, look her in the face and say, you hit like a little damn bitch. I'm going to get up no matter how many times you knock me down. I will get up again and again and again. I am unstoppable. That is the attitude that you need to take on, that no matter what shows up, you will prevail. Every adversity that comes your way carries with it the seed of a greater equivalent, a greater opportunity. Nothing ever leaves you where it found you. These messes, this when, it, when you're in these situations where it seems like it's all fucked up, remember this is a creation from the past. In your acknowledgement, in your knowing of it, you can move away from it. You can create something new, create something else, but not, as Einstein said, in the same level of thinking that got you into the mess. You need to shift and elevate your thinking to a new level. You have to decide to be different, to act different, to live differently. Now, let's say that you're kind of holding it together. 
things are a mess, but it's not, it's not going to end tomorrow. So the next thing you want to do is if all you know is all you know, and you don't necessarily have the skill set, the resources to move into something better. I mean, right now you're doing the best you can with the resources you have, then you need to create more resources. In, In this point in time, if you're listening to the podcast, more than likely you have a device that can access the internet, YouTube. You can learn a skill. You can go to Google University and learn a skill and begin commanding money for that skill in less than a month. Earlier in life, when I found myself in this situation, I didn't have access to the internet, didn't have access to cell phone, didn't have access to a lot of stuff that are, anybody can have access to today. But I did have a library card, and it was free. I went to the library a lot. I read book after book after book. I listened to audios. They actually lent out audios I could learn from somebody else. I did that all for free. And I understand, you may say, I don't have the time for that. I'm currently working a full-time job. I have a family. But, but get this. Think about how much time you actually have in a week. You have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's 168 hours in that week that you have at your disposal. Let's say you work 40 hours. That leaves 128 hours left. And we'll just even say that you sleep eight hours a day, seven days a week. Minus 56, I have a calculator in front of me. That leaves 72 hours. Now, you probably eat somewhere in there. You spend a little time with your family. But that's over an entire work week, almost two work weeks, unaccounted for, unassigned, more than likely. Even if you just use two to four hours a day studying, taking on a new skill, learning a skill, you can learn a new skill in about 20 hours. And that leaves a lot more time left over that you could take on a second job, part-time job, some part-time work, a side gig. Just go on YouTube. There's hundreds of side gigs that you can get involved in. You could be an at-home call center agent for Amazon, for Apple. For There's all kinds of ways to make money. Not that it's going to be your dream job, but it's necessary and needed at the moment. Many times when we're starting over, when we're affecting triage or stopping the hemorrhaging, We have to do what is necessary in that moment just to keep our head above water. But the better you get at keeping your head above water, it gives you breathing room. gives you room to expand. You can take on these other skills, invest your time in other ways to, to create more value that you can deliver to the world. The greatest thing you have to overcome in this situation is panic and overwhelm. You can only eat a pizza one bite at a time. Referenced in the past, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. You couldn't even digest the whole thing in one sitting. So there are many, many things that when it feels overwhelming, you break it down into its component parts. In NLP, we refer to that as chunk size. You break it down into smaller and smaller chunks. I can remember a time when I was extremely overwhelmed at the the things that were awaiting, the creditors, the things that were due, and just the circumstances I was being evicted. And, you know, this is, it was overwhelming. And in that moment, what could I do? What was within my control? I meditated. I just released everything off to the side 
And in this moment, I declared this moment as mine. I wasn't going to give it up to worry. I wasn't going to give it up to the creditors. I wasn't going to give it up to anybody else. I was claiming this moment for me. And I focused on my breath. Just watched my breath move in and out of my body. I transcended time. As I was meditating, I was aware that the faucet was dripping. And then the next thing that popped in my head is I should fix that because I could fix it. But it wasn't my place, but I could fix it. And then I thought, well, I could fix other people's things. And then I got the idea to put a, an ad, a free ad, on Craigslist. Handyman services, light plumbing, light electrical work, light construction work, available at your disposal. Call me, tell me what you need done, and I'll give you a fair rate. Of course, that was a skill set I had. Of course, that was a skill set that. Of course, that was a skill set that I had, but I didn't really ever think about applying as a, a handyman in that situation because I already had another job. But you know, the everything was coming due, and but it gave me some leeway, it gave me some breathing room to take on this extra work. That was a gift from the universe. It wasn't, it, it may have come up from my other than conscious mind, but I consider that a gift, something that I received from the universe. I took it as inspired action. I moved forward with inspired action. I just filled out an ad and I said, we'll see what comes of it. And right away, people started calling. Something that I didn't talk about, you might have something that you can sell or there's something that you can buy. There's free stuff set out the road all the time. Go to Facebook Marketplace, and there's free stuff that you can pick up at any given day of the week. Then you can turn around and sell it. That's arbitrage. Get something for free or very low cost, turn around and sell it for more. Then you turn around and do it again. Rinse and repeat. About a year ago, our electric oven quit, stopped working. The control board shorted out, and to order a new one was going to take like $600 and six months to get because it was outdated it was old and then to order a new one because of covid the lead time to actually get a new one was way out into the future it's going to take months to get it and so i just went to facebook marketplace and i began looking and it wasn't very long i found somebody that had a beautiful electric oven never been used he was a construction worker. His boss on a job, in order to give him some extra money, gave him the oven. This guy thought he was actually going to use it, but he never ended up doing it, and so he just put it up for sale. Originally, he put it up for $600, but then he lowered the price to $300 just to move it. I asked him for the model number, and I looked it up. And after I looked it up, I sent him a message right away. I'll take it. I'll be there tomorrow to pick it up. Turns out this oven, brand new, was worth $1,800, and he was selling it for $300. Now, I needed the oven. I used the oven. I installed it. I took the old one out, put the new one in, hooked it up. Works great. We love it. But had I wanted to sell it, I could have bought it for the $300, easily turned around and sold it for the $600. Then I could have offered to install it for additional money and then doubled my money. If I was into that kind of thing, but it kind of got my mind going, what else could I arbitrage on? Now, think about it this way. It's easy to buy something, turn around and double your money on it. 
especially with so many people giving things away. We live in a consumer uh, commodity environment. People buy new stuff, they put stuff out to the road that still has value, just doesn't have value to them anymore. My dad used to say, one man's junk is another man's treasure. But if I could take that 300, turn around and and double it, and then, then invest in something else at $600 and double that, how long would it take me to actually make some real bank? Let's say that we'll start out with $1,000 just for the ease of multiplication. So I have a th- I've saved $1,000. I found, let's say I, I, I sold two ovens. I doubled my money. I now have $1,200. Then I take that money, buy something with the goal, the objective to double my money again. Let's say I start with $1,000. We double it. It's $2,000. If I can do that nine times, double my money nine times, buy something, turn around and double it, nine times I'll have a million dollars starting at a thousand. Nine times. $1,000 doubled nine times. Now you might say, I don't know once I start dealing with the bigger numbers, how I'm going to double it at an even greater rate. You know, if I invest $100,000 and turn it into $200,000, I don't have the, the wherewithal. I don't have the knowledge to do that. Well, that's where you get it. You venture into new territories. Maybe you buy a house, you flip it, you turn it around. You start changing. Instead of buying an oven, you start doing real estate. But in that whole process of being on this journey, you amplify your abilities. You expand on your capacity. You take on new skill sets. You educate yourself. It's a journey. Of course, right now, where you're currently at, you're not going to achieve that. Possibly, maybe, you might stumble onto a house. I know a guy that was 24 years old, made his first real estate deal with no money down and made $100,000. And then he rinsed and repeated. And by the time he was 28, he was a millionaire. In fact, the first deal that he got, he could not afford the house. He just put an offer down and then he brokered it. He turned around and found somebody else to actually buy the house in a higher deal. He knew by looking around that the property was undervalued. So he put an offer in to lock it down and then he started looking for buyers so he could flip the property without ever taking possession of it. You see, you never have a money problem, you have an idea problem. And there are thousands of ways to make money. That's something I tell myself all the time. There are, there's trillions of dollars changing hands every moment of the day. In our world economy, A trillion dollars will change hands in the next two hours. All you need is an idea to funnel a little bit of that money into your pocket. The thing that stops you is the idea that it's not possible. If you consider that it's possible, if you start looking on the internet, looking at the different ways people are generating income, generating money, you'll find opportunity all over the place. But this is also where you need to be discerning. You need to tune in, does this seem too good to be true? Does it feel aligned with what I want, who I am? Over the years, I probably have gotten involved in four to five different multi-level marketing uh, opportunities, only to find out I really don't like multi-level marketing. 
it's worked great for some people. It's just not the way I want to make money. I, it's not something I enjoy. Now, in this conversation, in the last half of this conversation, we've talked a lot about possibility, a lot about what you can do and you can create. And this is where you need one foot grounded in the physical. If there are things you need to handle, need to take care of, babies to feed, family members to house, then that, my friend, is your first priority. Not necessarily accumulating wealth. It's keeping or getting your head above the water. But you do so in the knowing that you're not going to stay there, that this too shall pass. Everything can turn on a dime. If you're in a job and you don't like the job, it doesn't pay very well, you don't like the energy around it, then start looking for another job. Start putting your resume in at a lot of different places. Put in 10, put in 100, put in 1,000 resumes. If you want something different, if you know something's better out there, you keep knocking on doors. You keep, see, you're unstoppable. You've declared yourself unstoppable. So you just go the extra mile. That's something that I have put into everything I do is I've made a decision a long time ago to go the extra mile. And what that means is, is no matter what the minimum is, I will do more. I will go further. If you've ever been a client of mine, more than likely you've received an email, a text from me with a little thing. I came across this and I thought about you. I thought you would enjoy it. I, I'm passing it on your way. I don't ever just cut ties and run. When I left college early... I created a guarantee that I took to every prospective employer. This was before computers, before desktop publishing. So you had to buy the little letter transfers in the different type fonts. And so I bought this sheet of letters and I wrote out a headline. It said, Satisfaction Guaranteed. And the message said, Hire me within 90 days if you do not feel as if I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Fire me. Have you ever thought about doing that? Giving people a guarantee? I'll hire me. I'll work harder than anybody else you have. I will show you. I will put the pedal to the metal. I will go full out. I will do more than is expected of me. If you don't think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread within 90 days, fire me. Now, that was more for effect, but I really meant it. I knew that if I wasn't a fit within 90 days, they would fire me. But I also knew that I could control that situation. I knew that I could show up. I could put in the effort. I would go the extra mile. All I needed was to get my foot in the door. I only had to use that three times before I landed my position at FedEx, which lasted for 18 years in multiple incarnations in different job forms. But I think somewhere in my paperwork, somewhere in a box, I have that original guarantee. See, that's also the, the energy that you need to bring to it, the dogged determination that I will go the extra mile. I will make it happen. I can make it happen. It's a done deal. And you may not have the confidence. And I talked about, you know, how do you show up with confidence? Even though you have fear, even though you have doubt, you act as if. I will go the extra mile. I get to say, how much energy, how much effort, how much impetus I put in this arrangement. And I will not let you down. I will show you. <clears throat> I will show you that I am the person for the job. So I've said a lot. I said a lot more than I thought I would. But in summation, I'll just say that no matter where you are right now, 
it is only temporary. It's up to you. You can forge a new path. You can make new decisions. You can be different in the world, show up differently from this point forward and change everything. Many times, many times a lot faster than you think you can. And so the ruse is, even though you don't feel like it at the moment, when you look and survey the land, survey the situation that you currently find yourself in, if you show up as if you are a badass manifester, you can create anything from here. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>